Why, hello there. This is Lord Bargelbroth, and here is Mr. Strong Albod. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't know what to do with this. Uh, and this is Baron von Flexmypex. <laughs> these are all too good to, to these names are just too good to be waste to be wasted on the intro. You need to make a game around these. <laughs> the list of names I have to work with. I well, these are from Strong Bad, right? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Na- the names are oh. Lord, yeah, Lord Bargelbroth, Lord High Awesome Party, General William Flexmypex, Mister Strong Elbod, Nougat Man. Baron von Flex, my pecs. The Bee, No Brow, Strong Band, Brethany, Tiny Heavy, Strong and Bad, Boxing Glove Guy, and Got the Best Cards Man. Surely that's Jeb. <laughs> also, Rongardo, Shave My Body. <laughs> Joni, All the Time. That's, that's for a different podcast. Lorenz, Magazine Man. <laughs> You know, I figure if I just keep t- keep you talking long enough, we can actually just turn this into the intro. I think this is the intro now. I'm gonna say you should have just uh, you should have just done it. You know, here's Dalny, Foxley, Jeb Ranch, Baron von Flexmapex, uh, just going down the list from there. Actually, yeah, you know what? I I will. You know what? I I I got something. I got something. Do like a Tonight Show intro. We're <clears throat> just all Lord Buckethead. Mm. Presenting now the full cast of expanded universe Wu Tang Clan characters: Sharp Dean, Grody Lab Result, Fox Lee, Senator States Bob, Cableman George, Safety Dan, Doctor Professional, Jeb Wrench, the Ghost Faced Silla. Wait, I already called you Ghost Faced before. I, I, I actually, the Goat Faced was what I was trying to say, and I messed it up. <laughs> I am so rusty. <laughs> We have a, a desk fell on me. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> and Brethany. <laughs> Hi, the Lister. It's all a bit ramshackle today. But we're here. We're here. I want to be buff hajis. <laughs> Not Baron Von Flex my pecs? No, it's pretty good too. <laughs> Dr. Marvin Rubdown. <laughs> oh, that just sounds sexual. Email Cummings. <laughs> really good. It's a really good name. It's really good. <laughs> Excuse me, changing my display name on Twitter. <laughs> of course, I'm not one of those people. Anyway. Yeah, that's a lie. Everything Talon has ever changed his display name. Mm-hmm. I do occasionally for celebratory events. Mr. Lude Common, 1965. <sighs> yes. So aside from reading from the wikis of other much more successful Web 2.0 properties. Yep. I think Web 1.0. Yeah, it's, um, I want to say Web 1.5. Mm. <laughs> uh, do I hear 1.7? 1. 1.7, 1. Uh, let's, let's be real here. Well, we are talking about the Flash era. Yeah. A dark and troubled time. It's, uh, it, is, it is genuinely interesting to go back and look at some of the Homestar Runner cartoons because they hold up amazingly well. I, I had no idea at the time that the, the simple model of basically slightly warped kids shows that don't rely too heavily on a particular style of humor would weather time as well as it did. Well, now you know. Hmm. Also, humor that's not trying especially hard to be offensive. Yeah. That, that tends to age better than just mean-spirited, nasty comedy. Also, mm. the deliberately... Uh, Maybe there's a lesson here. The deliberately junky tech. The fact that they were always dealing with crap computers from 1980. <laughs> this is also true. Mm-hmm. Same, yes. <laughs> yeah, they had... A Vectrix never showed up in that, as far as I know. Unless that was what one of those games was supposed to be played on. Remember the one with the giant lion head? Yeah, yeah, that was an old, that was an old reference to um, that particular type of arcade game, which had like a little booth that you uh, you kind of had like had a curtain around it. Okay, maybe it could have been an arcade game, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's what I imagine would be on a Vectrix. Anyway. I actually played one of those. Where do you even get those in Australia? I don't think you do. <laughs> I mean, I remember. I have vague memories of seeing a Vectrix at a like a, a camp um, canoe rental place out in the middle oh, of Wood. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> canoe yeah. rental place. Yeah, it's kind of a depressing phrase on its own. What a euphemism, Talon. <laughs> Yeah, I think the oldest console I've ever actually played was the the last Atari they sold for home use. Mm. And that is seriously as old as it gets. So, on the note of gaming news, Atari are apparently talking about making another console. Oh, good. I didn't, go? I didn't hear this. Go on. Um, the fun thing about that, one of its joysticks was compatible with the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. That was just mocked endlessly for preparing that joystick to the gamepads. 
Fair. I mean, fair that you were mocked. <laughs> Not at all. You only need two buttons to play Sonic, and that's all I cared about. Fair enough. Uh, could also the... use it with. They could also use it with uh, Commodore sixty four. That particular uh, that particular pin layout was very common in the eighties. Huh. Before they realized they could sell them for a lot more if they had a proprietary connector. They all just different, and we can sell them however we want. Well. It is nice that they've, like, finally wound back around to USB now, though. Yeah. Uh, the supposed company called Atari, which is really info games wearing a skin, (laughs) um, has made rumblings about how they've been thinking about making a, um, well, uh, an Atari box, much in the same way as the Nintendo Entertainment System thingy. Oh, the NES Classic? The NES Classic, yeah. Yeah, so that's been a thing that, that's that's been a thing, like, Namco's done that, and, uh... Namco has done that, and so has Namco. Also, a whole range of slightly suspect businesses that are almost certainly not the original creators of the kind of <laughs> software they're selling. Oh, the whole, you know, that uh, you buy the controller, plug it into your TV, and it's got games mm-hmm. on a flash chip or something. It's got 1,500 games, such as Sonic yeah, I mean, the Hedgehog, like, your favorite well, classic. Well, Namco oh, has made several of those, and they're actually kind of nice. Oh, I've only ever seen ones with legit games on them, just not the ones you want. Oh, um, also Brazil has the uh, the Se- the Sega Mega Drive Girl, <laughs> which is adorable. Uh, you know, shitty naming, but mm. I, I do like that it exists. That's cool. And I understand it's actually called Girl in English. So it's like, ooh, a foreign language word. What does that mean? It means girl. <laughs> It means it's pink. <laughs> it's pink. It's very pink. And I'm fine with pink. I just fucking hate it being labeled as girl because pink. Mm-hmm. That is only that. That is only ever my problem with this stuff. Anyway, I did begrudgingly note that the Minions Happy Meal currently occupying McDonald's is not separated into arbitrarily gendered toy groups. So I suppose good for DreamWorks. But the Minions is such a fucked up universe. Uh, there's that too. But I think what we're learning is that, you know, fucked up manic tic-tac monsters appeal equally to child demographics, regardless of assigned gender. So, you know, you, I, you I feel like it's know a step who, forward. You never know who your allies are. <laughs> Look, the thing with the Minions, in the Minions' own movie, and I know that there are some people who know this thing already, but the Minions movie states that they find the worst person in history and work for them, and they were doing this... Up until the Napoleonic Wars, and then they skipped out until <laughs> after World War Two. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see the reasoning there, but yeah. that doesn't mean they're like <laughs> World War One, right? No, not quite. Napoleonic okay. Wars, World before World War One. But and, and don't get me wrong, I imagine the executive going, "How do we deal with World War Two? Uh, we don't. <laughs> yeah, you skip World War Two. But the problem this- is, this means that they were there for, say, the sacking of Carthage, <laughs> and also Pol Pot. There's a yeah. I mean, you know it. All it really does is it very clearly draws the line uh, as to where Western media finds that a war is old enough to be considered fantasy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. That, like, old wars no. are not, you know, they're just, you know, they might as well be taking the One Ring to Mount Doom at that point. It's distant enough. Also, they considered Napoleon, like the people who are doing the, making this movie considered Napoleon to be the worst monster in history at that point in time. Yeah. That, yeah. When the King of Belgium... Like, do do not look into what happened in Congo just after you've had a rough night, all right? Because Belgium and Congo, it's it's a, yeah, it's a bad story. I'm just going to go let the podcast dog into his baffling bed sack. Yeah. On that happy note. (laughs) Yes, moving away from both real historical atrocities and the minions at high speed. Hey, Jeb. <laughs> yeah, don't think about those depressing things anymore. Think about a dog <laughs> in the softest sleeping bag ever made. Oh. You know, if I cut the dog coming out of the... Yeah, you just wasted effort on that one. But anyway. Um, Fine, tell me you're, when you're going to cut a thing. Are you, are you going to deny our listener the knowledge... Of a dog in a soft, cozy blanket. All right, fine. I fine. heard we have specifically had more dog content requested. It's true. It's true. Look, I guess this Ellie is now a podcast. Ellie is the most popular part. The most popular part <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> well, hang on. If we're all doing uh, fancy alter ego names, he needs to be like Prince Pointy Toes or something. <laughs> well, Sir Jebbington, video games. <laughs> How have you been on the video gamesing? Um, well, I, I, uh, I, uh, I started playing an MMO again. 
Uh huh. Which one? Yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen again. And, oh, okay. Uh, that's 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 what I've been playing because that's that's what you do when you start playing an MMO is you you play the MMO. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did they do an expansion recently? Is that what drew you in? Well, uh, a friend Stormblood? of mine actually bought me a, a, a pre-order for Stormblood, the new expansion that's oh, yeah. coming out on the twentieth. Um, if you pre-ordered it, you got to start playing it yesterday, which is weird. That's weird. Because it's it's weird because if you didn't pre-order it, you still have to put up with all the early access <laughs> troubles that they're having. Ah, you ooh. still got to put up with the login queues and everything. It's kind of strange, but mm-hmm. they got rid of the one of the, they got rid of something really really annoying. Uh, you don't need to level up a secondary class to change your damn job. Woo! You don't have to like to to go to to be to be a warrior. You just have to get a marauder, which is a large burly person with an axe, to level mm-hmm. thirty, and then you can become even larger of a tin can carrying an axe. Speaking before as a, always, speaking as someone before who marauded in the past. <laughs> uh, how was that different? I thought that was how it normally worked. No, it well, used before to be you, you had to get get, in- get gladiator to level fifteen. Yeah. And getting Marauder to level 30 is better than getting Gladiator to level 15? You had to do you it had as to do well. Both. Oh. Oh. So this is like promoting to a better version of a basic class. You used to have right. to get like both specialties that fed into it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now I've caught up. You can tell I never dealt with Final Fantasy job systems. Mm. Despite the fact the, that we've uh, both leveled up in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I never the, wanted uh... to change classes, so... <laughs> That's not a thing that I would do. I just, no, this, this character is face axer. I don't need any of that magic shit. Mm. That's not what I'm here for. Have you looked at her? No, face axer. That's what warrior does. Exactly. Warrior is face axer, but more. (laughs) But the idea of, of, uh, wanting to diversify by playing multiple classes on the one character. That's what I'm saying. That has never appealed to me. Getting better at the thing I do, that definitely appeals to me. Face Axel used to do covers for the Sonic comic, right? <laughs> so yeah, you've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm just I'm just letting that hang because if I start talking about the artist you're actually referencing, we'll be here for a long time. Yeah, and again, I will wind up tweeting at Ken Penders slightly drunk <laughs> in the middle of the night. Anyway, um, wait, the Ken Penders so, is so, drunk or you're drunk? drunk? Probably Ken Penders is drunk. I imagine. I'm I mean, not sure Talon can get drunk. <laughs> I think he just goes from sober to dead. <laughs> What am I, a moth? <laughs> yes. A little bit. <laughs> I see. The, so, uh, the, the, early, yep, the early levels of, of Final Fantasy fourteen they lack the um, the mismatch, the mismatch of, of scavenged gear that is so indicative of the, the early levels of an MMO, and it's kind mm-hmm. of annoying. Oh. Yeah. Well, Fox would prefer a smooth aesthetic, whereas Jeb has an appreciation for the ramshackleness. I well, if, if, look, I really I, like, I like where after you. I, I I just like the I, the idea of oh look, I found a thing. <laughs> it, it it works. I'm going to use the thing. You don't get that in Final Fantasy mm. 14. Whereas, they, see, they, they, I, or see, I don't mind, found a thing, it works, but I really like wearing a whole set of planned gear, cause I don't usually line up with the aesthetic sense of whoever designed it, and I would rather have, you know, well, these boots in my mind go with this chest plate or whatever, even if they're not supposed to, but I don't wanna just look like a goddamn clown wearing whatever I found on the ground. It is an interesting point of verisimilitude in that Jeb's position does kind of make the items more things as opposed to the idea that there is in fact at this particular range of of related content we happen to have each components of an entire outfit just sitting around waiting to give out (laughs) yeah i've got 1400 of these boots don't ask why do you have any of the matching pants oh no no you've got to go over to pantsy joe for that You gotta remember, I cut my teeth on a game where there weren't things. Mm, it's true. In City of Heroes, you pick your damn costume. Yeah, City of Heroes was great. Picked. (laughs) Another thing we will be here all day if we start getting into. And we look out the window, and the rain starts to slate down, (laughs) and we sit there holding a rose as it falls apart in our hands, and Sarah McLaughlin plays, and (laughs) anyway, uh, I've been playing, and in fact, am playing right now, a a clicker game on my phone. Stop that! (laughs) Give the podcast your full attention! Why? You don't. Child, what do I look like? I'm, am I playing Fire Emblem Heroes? No. I am sitting here looking into a microphone. Yeah, but there are at least two of you who are right now planning things to do with cake. Hush! <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, I've been playing a game called Dungeon Inc. by Pickpock Games, which um, so far I haven't given it any money. Um, I have had, I have enjoyed it. It is a good thing for me to have uh, in that sort of pick-down, pick-up kind of game. But for me, I don't feel compelled to, like, fill it out perfectly or be maximally efficient. It is something to dirtle around with. So if you're looking for a game that lets you be, like, optimal or if you're the kind of person who gets really distressed by, like, filling up progress bars, <laughs> don't get it. It's definitely in that genre of game. But I found that if you can handle that kind of game, it doesn't seem to be a particularly exploitative one. The The reason I got into it is because the UI designer is Lucy Mar- Morris, who is a friend of ours on Twitter and a New Zealand game developer. Um, she's absolutely great. And so the game is really just aesthetically lovely. Um, like, just one of the things you do, you you reset the dungeon every now and again to get, uh, to basically make the numbers handleable again. That's really what you're doing. And the mechanic they put in for this is you, you destroy your dungeon in the name <laughs> of collecting the insurance. And so this, this adorable little animation of, uh, of your secretary tutorial character, who otherwise up to this point has been completely helpful and big and smiley, suddenly sitting there with a lighter giggling as she <laughs> runs into your dungeon. It's like, it's, it's adorable. I like that as a mechanic, like as, as a way to stop the number creep that mm. plagues all endless games, basically. Oh, yeah. It's a good idea. Um, the way that they seem to be monetizing this game is that you can look at ads to get uh, yeah. short-term buffs and longer-term buffs. Um, you can also buy coinage off them, and the, the coinage system is a little obscured. It's like it's $6 for 500 crystals, and that's just the kind of math that makes your brain go, wait, hang <laughs> on. Um, so that's not great, but it is. It, it so far doesn't seem to be doing anything like locking me out of content, and it does seem to, it does seem to have a... Uh, an attempt to make sure that the interface explains itself. It doesn't seem to be trying to trick me into stuff. This also means I've been looking at a lot of ads for other mobile games. (laughs) Good. (laughs) It's a goddamn wasteland, isn't it? Oh my God. How do any of these people have the money to advertise? (laughs) I, I cannot get my head around it. Some of these games look so indescribably bad. Um, How many of them have I played? Oh, none, none of the ones you've played because the one the ones you show in the YJeb hashtag, which is by the way great, you should go check it out on Twitter. The <laughs> but YJeb is seemingly about a completely different genre of games. These ones are like for the kind of people who want to play realistic Minecraft or something like that. The best one of them I've got so far as far as terrible ads go, is there's this one ad which it isn't set to rotate properly. So no matter what angle you hold it at, it will be in the wrong angle. <laughs> so you hold up your phone like horrors. You hold up your phone vertically and you get this tiny narrow band in the middle of it in which you see a really bad looping animation of a snake uh, from a standard asset pack, which I know because I've seen the standard asset pack. And... It, it has a floating around it, you know, upgrade your monsters. And the snake does its little snake animation. And then you hear this amazing sound of what is quite clearly someone who works at the office going, <laughs> roar! Wait, that's awesome. Oh, that would, yeah, that would almost be wonderful. And then it flips to another, like, three-headed Hydra monster doing the same, you know, set of animations. And then it does a different, slightly lower, roar! Wait, they're slightly different? That's amazing. Slightly different. <laughs> oh, tell me that then there's, you know, like a dragon or whatever, and it does a slightly higher pitched roar, and then all three of them go, Hello, my baby! Hello, my honey! <laughs> There's someone at that studio. There's someone at that studio who's going to go to their next job, and on the resume, it's going to say, I was the snake roll guy. But. But the thing is, it then goes, because, like, you know, you, you show a sequence of things when you're doing an ad. So they have, they show the snake and they show the Hydra. And then they jump to gameplay footage of a really bad Unity asset running around in a wood, touching trees, which then have a fallover animation and then transform into logs. And they pick up the logs. And, and then it does another jump <laughs> to a whole bunch of those Unity assets circling around the snake again in a totally different map as the snake does the raw thing again <laughs> the raw, and then yeah. dies. And I just... Oh. I 
I, I, it is the most generic. I, I, that's what I can't get over how fucking generic all of it looks mm. and sounds and presents itself as. And I'm thinking, if I did want to buy one of these games, oh yeah, would it, it'd just like be a, a random roll, basically, right? How would I tell one from another? Yeah. Well, there's also one set of ads, and I say a set of ads because the ad is identical. It just uses different stock assets, like the text they give you, <laughs> the instructions they give you. Um, <laughs> and there's one. It's like we're under attack. Quickly, place a tower near these soldiers, and it wants you to actually interact with the ad. And I've never done that, but it has. <laughs> it has given me the exact same ad with the same interface, just with different characters in it, showing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Quite clearly, oh, mobile um, strike. The a, a very yeah, I think it is a very clear ripoff of the Kate Upton Goddess of War character and Prompto. I think from Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> oh, that's an ungodly mashup, complete with white ping um, artifacts in his hair from where they quite clearly didn't get enough of the alpha transparency out. <laughs> oh wow! So it's it, it's stolen assets. It's obviously stolen assets. Oh, quality control. <laughs> and I don't know how these companies are making money because they're the ones spending money to advertise. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe they're using up their $100 worth of credit on the Google store. <laughs> like, like, this is probably a thing that they do. Like, come on, developers, pay us a developer fee and we'll give you some free advertising time. It's a tax scheme. Because it all goes through, like, the, the Google store advertising API, right? Yeah. It's not like these people choose who gets to advertise in their game. It's just you can monetize by hooking into this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still betting tax fraud. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's apparently how Uwe Boll's whole movie career works. That's what I was going to bring up. (laughs) Yeah. Just just people sinking money into his thing is like, yes, it's a cultural production for the German economy. I don't have to pay tax on that money now. Look, there's... Look, the thing is, the the producers was not a work of fiction. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so you've you've been playing an MMO that I have. Uh, you've and been playing a clicker, and I don't know when, but yeah. at some point, I will lose my entire life to an MMO. So look forward to that. <laughs> this is now the Final Fantasy fourteen cast. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the next MMO. At least you're not losing your life to a desk. Oh yes. Well, that I feel like on, we of all people are obligated to tell the listener. Yeah, there's a Magic the Gathering po- uh, MMO coming oh, out. Oh yeah. yeah, that was a thing, I'm, wasn't it? And it's developed yeah. by Cryptic. And I really like Cryptic's games. <laughs> I am so not trusting this. <laughs> well, Fox is already cynical of every digital form of magic. Look, magic has only just worked out what I like about magic. <laughs> and it took it about 23 years. 25. And they still thought Fate Reforged was a good idea. <laughs> so I just, I'm just very hesitant. Um, like magic is good these days. They, they did quite a good job of like addressing color imbalance and, and making it so creatures weren't useless garbage and, They've done a lot, but when they try and give me points to engage with ma- with magic through, still not very good at that. Chandra saying the fair is full of free dogs. Dad, that is not official. <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of like planeswalkers are interesting now. But planeswalking isn't interesting to me. I don't really like that. I do like Magic Justice League, but at the same time, there's not really any characters there for me, and I'm just cautious of the options they're going to provide for that. The the overall structure of of the planeswalking, letting them do the Star Trek thing of like, yeah, we're going to go to a new, totally different place and hang out here for a while and see what's cool here. I I dig that. I get that, you know. It's <laughs> I not- have warmed up to that. Yeah. I was very nervous about it at first because I was used to them having characters who sucked and were boring. Mm. And swapping settings every couple of years was a good way to leave them behind because I don't like them. Yeah, it was it was a way to go to a new, full plane, full of promise, full of characters that would disappoint you as well. <laughs> but at least it was, you know, out with the old trash, in with the new trash. <laughs> Speaking as old trash... <laughs> But the the proper planeswalkers do not have that problem. They are, for the most part, likable characters. Even Jace at this point, he, yep. he's not too bad now. They've ev- well, the thing the thing that they did, I feel that really helped was they turned planeswalkers from player level super beings with a huge capacity for power that they were then trying to reflect in the fiction to a lot more like X Men. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, they're just... The reason that Planeswalker cards bug me is because I feel they displace Legends. Mm. And they really do. Like, the, the Planeswalkers now are just basically, you know, in any other generation, they would have been just cool legendary creatures who the story is about. Um, and whether that's a good or a bad thing, setting aside, it is, yeah, they're not trying to represent the mm. kind of power that a player has on a card, which is, that's never going to happen. They they do serve a purpose, however, of allowing a thread of continuity between worlds. Oh, absolutely. And therein lies the thread, I hope, for the MMO. Because if the MMO goes full cryptic style, like City of Heroes, and says, all right, here is this little set of locations, and that's one plane, and you you can get all the way to the level cap just dirtling around in this one plane if you want, but if you don't like this content, you can jump to a different plane and do other stuff there. Because that's what City of Heroes did that was so great. It wasn't 1 to 20 is this zone. It was 1 to 20 is these five zones, and you can do any of them in any order you like. Yeah, well, I, I, most level ranges didn't have five choices, certainly not at the beginning. City of Heroes... At, it, it expanded a lot. City of Heroes, when we started, from level 1 through to level 15, you had Atlas Park, Kings... You had Atlas Park, Galaxy City, The Hollows, and Paris Park. So okay, but The forced. Hollows and Paris Park were later zones than Atlas and Galaxy. Atlas and Galaxy were your starting zones. I guess Atlas... You can't take level 1 of King's Row and not get purpled out of existence. I didn't say King's Row. I was... Oh, sorry, you retracted King's Row. Yeah, Paris Paris and the Hollows, I think you needed to be You still can't, yeah. To get into the Hollows? They're hazard zones. They stop you from going in. Yeah. Anyway, I I see your point. I would be... I hope they do something like that. I'm worried they won't because overlapping content is, like, less efficient. Um, I mean, it depends entirely on what lessons they take from previous MMOs and stuff, and I'm just really, really leery of it because I don't trust MMOs to be good anymore. Mm. I haven't for a while. Yeah, fair enough. Well, they've probably but still, learned... They but probably I want it to be from, good. I'm not saying I don't. I really do. They've probably Go learned from, from from Neverwinter Nights that um, yeah. what, what, you, what you can do is just make sure that Hasbro keeps throwing money at it, and it will keep going no matter what you do. <laughs> um, similarly, Star Trek Online is... Star Trek Online is really weird because the the player base of STO appears to be one hardened, collapsed nugget of of players where you don't have a lot of players, but the players who play fucking care enough to keep that game going, which is startling. I know it's been a while, but I just want to say hardened, collapsed nugget is my OkCupid profile name. Yeah, fair. I, I should I should have actually left a beat there for you to... That's all right. Yeah, I should know better. Still... I should have left um, a beat there. Yeah, the, the Magic MMO is my OkCupid profile <laughs> name. But like, uh, for example, imagine 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 a game where the character creation setting is your own Ravnica. Pick a guild. You know, go hang out and check out the locations of this guild and and meet the characters who hang around there. Make you can friends choose one of across any guild nine. lines. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea that every guild is convinced that there are nine guilds, but for different reasons. Damn it. <laughs> You just bring into mind the one other real tragedy here, which is that if you were going to give me here are some organizations in magic, which one do you want to join? You erased the one I wanted to join. Fuck it. Yeah, we can go back and take. We, you know, it, continuity is flexible. Let's. Yeah. What what time travel did, time travel can undo. <laughs> and that's why you don't let time travel into your setting, folks. Absolutely, yes. Also, people who can beat up dragons are cooler than dragons. Though I do, I do wonder what would you even pick if you had to go to Tarkir and make a character? I'd be Timur. Wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! The the the, the cons. Behold, cons Scar and Bear Puncher. The 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 the, the, the cons from from cons of Tarkir were not able to beat up dragons. <laughs> That's why when Fate Reforged happens, they lost because they couldn't beat the dragons, and Ugin didn't die. Blasphemy. Well, well, that's what happened. Hogan's nah, dying point, is what killed. Point Ugin's of continuity dying is what killed. I will say, point of continuity: the storm that constantly produces full-grown dragons at a never-ending rate mm-hmm. probably had a lot to do with it. So, like, yes. I do actually think that in a one-on-one, uh, Kanzi or a Surak probably could take a dragon. He's got the body for it, but I don't know if he could take infinite, constantly respawning dragons. Right, it's not fair. If I get infant, <laughs> constantly respawning Khans, then we can talk. <laughs> the point is, 
It's a contentious issue. And as we can see, Tarkir is a land of contrasts. None of the kanji sign kanji Tarkir ever saw a dragon. That's true. That's true. Literally none of them knew what a dragon looked like. <laughs> they saw bones. <laughs> ancestors, whatever. Not the point. <laughs> and actually, yeah, all the ancestors lose in fights to dragons, except Tassiger, which is really funny because of that particular set, Tassiger is the one who was most thoroughly owned by a dragon. Also the dragons. He was also the first. Total dick. He was the first, he was the first one to turn, to, to turn, hit, turn on the, the cons. Uh, the yeah. second one was, so, uh, Ataka. The second one was basically Alesha. Because yeah. Alesha gave uh, up Ataka the, gave and Colagon. Alesha did give up, like, the clan's oh, yeah. freedom just immediately. Yeah, because she was like, hey, that big thing's running around smashing shit. I'll follow that. That's cool. But, <laughs> yep. um, when, when you, when you look at the dragons as terms of, oh, these guys were dicks. Ataka and Colagon, who at last check are the two women of the five. Dramoka's a girl. Oh, Dramoka. Okay, yeah. But Col- but Colagon and uh, Ataka, they aren't really dicks. They're just big animals. They Dramoka's really- a dick, though. Oh, Dramoka's a jerk, yeah. Dramoka's just dick. <laughs> like, I should totally be in her corner. She is my colors, but... Yeah, she's such an asshole. She, she's, yeah. she's against counter magic, too, and yet you're like, mm! yeah, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Too much white, not enough anything else. All right, all right. Still, Magic MMO is coming, and Atari. Uh, yeah, sorry, we got deep coming. into this hole, didn't we? We go. We can go deep uh, again. We will be here all day. Uh, it's like you had a topic for this podcast. To but Fox, what have you been playing? Hey. <laughs> um, well, I haven't been playing anything that will take too long to talk about because I've been playing Breath of the Wild again, but a different Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Talon got me a Switch for my birthday. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and I have both Breath of the Wild. But, you know, Breath of the Wild is such a good game that it's just like, hey, play the whole thing again. Yeah, well, we just play the whole thing again. <laughs> I believe this is what they're hoping with Skyrim. I'm going to regret this by the time I get to that fucking golf shrine, though. <laughs> then I'll be like, why did I play this again? I... I, uh, the Switch is a beautiful little machine, I have to say. <laughs> mm, I've played it only a little bit to play uh, Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap, but it's pretty nice. It, it's it's just real nice. I m- The only complaint that I have is the controllers feel too small, even for my hands. So I can only imagine what they feel like in your giant paws. Yeah, uh, it, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, man, that, that is a nice little thing. Actually, no, I have one other problem with it. I can't work out where to put it because I, like, I want to play the, the screen part in bed, but you have to put the charging station, like it connects to a TV with a HDMI cable. So you can put the charging station near a TV. Um, and I normally I would put that in the den with the other consoles, but I want to take the thing and play it somewhere else. And then if I'm playing it in bed, I want to get up and go out to the den to put it back. So it's... See, this weird kind of, you know, well, I guess the fact that it is a hybrid between a portable console and a a plug-in console is confounding me slightly. (laughs) (laughs) It's tricky. So, yeah, it's... I'm just enjoying giving my friends small portable computers lately. I don't know why. (laughs) It's just a thing that's happening. Speaking of which, the other thing I have been playing is uh, more Fire Emblem Heroes, which is, like, no different to last time we spoke, except now I have Titania and Saran, and that's what actually matters in life. So... You've gotten the good content. (laughs) (laughs) That's look. That's what I was in it for. There's um the the character who's in the first spot of your first team represents you, the player. Uh, when you like friend other characters or when they play against your team or something. And yeah. up until now, I was like, yeah, but there's no one here who would actually I would actually choose to represent me, the player. No one is, you know. I mean, this this kind of like Lucian is pretty cool, but you know, she's not me. She's serious and pretty and skinny. And <laughs> and uh, you know, there's the princess who comes with the game, who's actually yeah. She's She's kind of cool. She's all right, but she's, you know, cute and it's a peppy little short skirt armor and, uh, you know, just, just not fundamentally me-ish. But, uh, you know, they put Titania in now, so I'm happy. Because mm, the tall, elegant, poised lady of war with long braid. She is an overpowered Jagan character with an axe. Fair enough. A big axe. I guess they wouldn't put three. <laughs> you know what you can give her later in the game once you get one? A big a hammer. <laughs> nice. You know what hammers are good for? Hammering. Smashing the shit out of armor. Okay. Titania makes me happy. So now we're sitting at a time where we probably want to sag into uh, retro gaming. <laughs> hey! So We've, we have exhausted our fucking about space. <laughs> yes, you have run out of fucking around. 
Well, no, no, no. We almost had a topic there. <laughs> yeah, we almost did. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news in fit print for the 25th anniversary special of 1992. Brought to you by Face Axe Body Spray. It's actually a little bit more subtle than Axe. <laughs> Magic the Gathering turns 25 this year, and that made me wonder, what else is turning 25 this year? So, we're going to zip back to 1992 and see if there's any particularly interesting or notable... Hmm? Listener, if you happen to be 25 (laughs) this year, happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, why not? Okay, so... The rest of you don't know, you don't get get a happy birthday. Only (laughs) if you're 25 this year. (laughs) Uh, what we're going to do is not going to run down everything that came out in 1992 because we've actually already done that. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to bring up things and see if you can guess what they are to see things, things that, that are 25. Exactly 25. So, like you know, Mega Man 4 came out in 1992, but that's not so. Like Mega Man 4 is 25 years old, but that's not the same thing as like Mega Man is 25. No, because otherwise everything on that list would be 25 years old. Uh huh. So first things first. We have the release of a game that set the standard for a genre of strategy games on the PC. It's not the first game of its type at all, but it is the first Age of game. Age Empires 2? No, no, it's uh, your right genre earlier than Age of Empires. I was gonna say, oh, I was gonna say Warcraft 2, but. Mm, earlier than, earlier than Warcraft 2, earlier than Dune 2000, but very close to Dune 2000. It's Dune 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the real time strategy, the modern real time strategy game more or less grew out of Dune So 2. is Dune 25 yeah. years old? Dune 2 is 25 years old. You said we weren't going like, you said it's not like Mega Man 4 is 25 years the old. Modern, it's the exact same example you used. The modern RTS interface as outlaid by Dune 2. <laughs> Dune 1 is a visual novel. Sure. I mean, you Next can do something like this, like, like, like Dynasty Warriors 1 and 2 are completely different genres of games. Yeah. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't look at Dynasty Warriors 1 and say, oh, the Dynasty Warriors series is this old, because that first <laughs> one was not anything like it. We have the release of a game by Blue Sky Productions, which claims that it was the first ever real-time 3D first-person role-playing video game. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of clarifiers. But it's basically a very large genre now. Admittedly, mostly made by Bethesda. Um, <laughs> like Elder Scrolls games are all first-person oh, 3D. Yeah, those work in real time now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Skyrim, Fallout, they're all... It's hard for me to think of those things as RPGs. Mm. I That's weird. I've never really considered it before, but first-person makes it really hard for me to feel like a thing is an RPG. Yeah. How weird. Uh, on the other hand, I don't expect Fox to be able to grab this one. Nope. Uh, hey Jeb, you got any guesses as to what considers itself what what this is considering the first ever real time three D first person role playing video game? Real real time first person three D. Yep, by Blue Sky Productions. <laughs> Fucking hmm. Hang on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not what year are we in? Nineteen ninety two. Yeah, no, that's too early to be hexing. How about I give you? Uh, tell you what. Here are the names from designer to producer to director. Because if I give them to you in the reverse no, order, it'll be nonsense. it'll be harder to. It, you know, if I give you if I give you them in the other order, you'll get them instantly. The designer was Paul Neurath. The producer was Warren Spector. System Shock. The des- the director was Richard Garriott. It's not System Shock. No, it's not System Shock. It's wait, system, wait, isn't that making an Ultima? Ultima Underworld, the Stygian Abyss. Yeah, they made a first-person Ultima. They did, yeah, and it was real time. It controlled like butts. I didn't think they were the first. It did. I thought apparently they were. I I thought System Shock came before Ultima Underworld. System Shock is 1994. Oh, yeah. I, I. I love me some System Shock. Sorry, <laughs> like, I just know that off the top of my Ultima, head. Ultima yeah, Underworld, no, I'd, we know. Ultima Underworld's actually kind of neat because it doesn't like your your command interface, like your dialogue interface, involves you actually giving it gives you the option to to type in things you actually mm. want to discuss, and it has for 1992 a reasonable parser. So like, it if you also go, had you go up to you go up to like the 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 orc encampment in the abyss. And you go up to, to, like, a guard there, and the guard's like, halt. And you're like, well, here, have some money. Offer 300 gold pieces, you know. Mm. <laughs> Bribe. Yeah. Well, that that text parser was also capable of handling um, lingua franca, in that there were some monsters that had a language. Yes. And you could shout words at them in their own language. Yes. But you didn't even need to be able to understand it. And they were just like, well, you're, you're talking gibberish, but we kind of get what you're getting at. Give us the money and we won't stab you. <laughs> <laughs> Bribe. <laughs> 
that I, I will put that as the next time we play D anD. d That's going to be my character's thing. I no, I I only know one language, but I've learned the word Brian in every other language. <laughs> it's <laughs> extremely useful. All right, on April twenty seventh, the birthday of some good boys. <laughs> A character's first game ever was released, and it became a long-running, very well-loved franchise, about which I don't know of any bad ones. <laughs> oh, Kirby! Yes! Kirby turned 25 this yeah, year. I don't think they have ever been in a bad game. <laughs> I can't think of a bad Kirby. I can think of Kirby's oh. that aren't amazing, but I can't think of a bad Kirby. I, can, I cannot think <laughs> so of... So Kirby has... I can't think of a Kirby game that would be maybe Tilt and Tumble, but you're really reaching there. <laughs> that Well, I mean, do you like Monkey Ball or not? Yeah. That's Maybe true. that's it, because Kirby uh, doesn't reliably have a genre necessarily. Mm. I mean, he sort of does, but he does all kinds of other stuff too. So the 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 curb is, is for a while there was basically Nintendo's uh, experimental genre character. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he's he's he very flexible, you, you almost some, by definition. You got some, you got some, some, got something new you want to try. Curb's down for it. <laughs> Kirby's a freak, like a fan. being yawn. <laughs> So, two weeks on from the release of one of the friendliest games in the world, one of what was regarded as the most antisocial games of the world, because this game put you in the position of a violent killer escaping a Nazi concentration camp. Wolfenstein? Return to Cavill? Or, not Return Wolf- to Wolfenstein 3D. Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By uh, id Software. Is that right? Re- I mean... Man, does Wheels Wolfenstein 2, or the, the new Wolfenstein look good? <laughs> the new Colossus. <laughs> See, I'm honestly not that sold on the new Colossus's actual <laughs> gunplay. Like, I'm looking at how it moves, and I'm like, eh, I'm not that big on this. And then I'm looking at the way they're advertising it, and the, the, <laughs> the way they're talking about, you know, who doesn't want oh, to kill a bunch sure. of Nazis? You don't give a shit about the gunplay, but tell me you don't want to find out what those axe quick kills are. Yeah. <laughs> that is so to, you. To quote, it's like when you were playing fucking Prince of Persia at the end of that, and you were like, yeah, sure. I mean, the story's not as good, but oh my god, I like murdering these people. To quote a developer in an interview, or not an interview, but like, <laughs> in, in, in a trailer. Was, there's a there's a lot of things you can do with a hatchet and a Nazi, and not, I'm want <laughs> that on a fucking yes, t-shirt. <laughs> if I can play that game like Corvo with an axe, surrounded also, by Nazis, I probably worth will. Out, worth playing out for New Colossus. Um, the start of it uh, is BJ Blazkowicz, uh gunning down Nazis while wheeling around a wheelchair, which is pretty cool. He's in a wheelchair for the start. He doesn't of it, yeah. have legs. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. I, well, I mean, I, I, I was gonna say that's cool, but I mean, I what is that? He's got no legs. That's cool. No, um, it's but, cool that they yeah. give a character who doesn't have legs a starring role in a game about yes. killing Nazis. That is cool. Yes. Have, All right. Next. Also, the, uh, the 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 the, <laughs> the communist preacher. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Colonel Sanders, but a commie. Oh wow. <laughs> He's amazing. That sounds kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they were able to release a tech demo about the black resistance lady's hair. Because <laughs> natural black hair is really hard to do. I had no idea look, how hard it is. Hair is really hard to do. Yeah, hair is <laughs> they hard. They still haven't gotten straight hair right. No. Hair, hair is hard, but apparently natural black hair is even harder. Anyway. Um, yeah, I had to say. Next up, sorry. we have. <laughs> it's it's fine. We it's always okay to sidetrack about killing Nazis, all right? I think we're okay with that. There's just certain ground rules as friends we have. Um, so on my birthday, we got Kirby. On Fox's birthday, we got another character get their first game. Uh, this game was regarded as being very kid friendly based on the box, and therefore it scared the shit out of a oh. lot of kids. Uh, this game was about playing a non-human character. This game also built on unbelievably the LSD research of one oh, John oh. Lilly. This is Echo. Echo the yeah. Dolphin. Huh, that's later than I thought it showed up. Yeah, Echo the Dolphin was 1992. Sure, I mean it's a good game. It is a really good game. And if you look into the research that got the game its name, oh my god, that yeah, was weird. Also, don't also, do that. It's, it's, it's miserable. Game, it's plot. Yes! 
the the problem with that is like it is it's it's hilarious until just horrible things happen. Oh, yeah. So oh yeah, you know, be prepared for the violent turn if you go and look up it, this research. It, like it, it it stops being fun at a certain like point. It is, it is awful, but at the same time, that's what they decided to make the game out of. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't include all those details, is what I'm saying. I think my favorite detail about the whole thing it was is just that, what if dolphins and aliens <laughs> is that John Lilly received the grant based on research he conducted while high on ketamine. So, like, he started high on ketamine, and it gets worse. <laughs> anyway. I like to imagine that was in his proposal. Like a really, like the start <laughs> of a really good movie. Yes. <laughs> unless you unless you know the whole story, in which case it's the start of a very, very bad movie that only perverts watch. Company released franchise vehicle the first in this series <laughs> creating the subgenre of racing games <laughs> wow okay uh, sorry subgenre of mascot uh, racing games company oh, I love company. oh mario kart <laughs> yes well company is not your friend despite what company wants you to buy <laughs> <laughs> but look at all these fun characters from my childhood that company is still producing for. Yeah. Surely they must like me personally and care about my well-being. All right. So, yes, it's, it's Mario Kart. Now, this this one is a super deep cut. Like, I had to double check this one myself. But it seems to be the first commercial release <laughs> of a football management sim. Wow. Wait, which football? Uh, uh, soccer. Sensible soccer? Oh, right. No, totally different football. No. It's just called Championship Manager. Oh, yeah, that's... Wow, I thought, that is... I thought, like, I thought Sensible came first. <laughs> no, 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 apparently not. Um, <laughs> that is the most generic sports game name I have ever imagined. Yeah, it's one of those... Championship Manager was... Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest selling video game franchises in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's called Football It's called Football Manager now. Yeah. Uh, this, this is one of those games that doesn't get pirated <laughs> That's in Brazil. That's a weird thing to call it when it's about soccer. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Championship Manager <laughs> by this one tiny studio called Domark, which was a pair of brothers, and they released it on the Amiga and the Amiga ST. Oh, wow. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh. Um, I could tell you a lot about the, uh, the, the, the manager series. I could tell you a lot about the manager series of games. If you like sports and you like sports stats and you like spreadsheets, are these things you like? If you like those, you're going <laughs> to like the management, the manager games. Is this another no, topic where we could be here for a long time? We're here a long time. <laughs> There's so many things you can keep track of. Keep you can you can keep, you can start scouting like players from like they're they're twelve to see if they wind up becoming a good soccer player, which is a thing that happens in British which soccer. Which is a thing that actually happens. <laughs> yes, it's like the soccer equivalent of football scholarships, right? It's just yep. like this is this is the only talent some kids are going to have, and it pays remarkably well if you can make it work. So, mm -hmm. like, why not? Next up, we have the release of a game in which Ryo Sakazaki and Robert Garcia set out to find Ryo's sister, Yuri. This one's Final Fight, right? Uh, Art of Fighting. Oh, Art Which of was right. not the same thing as Final Fight. Yeah, no, sorry. Final Fight's the Capcom one, isn't it? Yeah. Final Fight's, the one, Final Fight's the one which has Maya Hager, who I am completely behind in his German <laughs> suplexes solve problems. It's not politics. <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know. It's not how you hold off a sir. Sir! <laughs> But yes, this means Yuri, who was 16 in the first Art of Fighting, <laughs> is now 41. <laughs> and she doesn't look a day of it. Yeah, well, to be fair, almost no one ages in SNK. That's true. Uh, it's, it's not like it's just the cute young girls who don't age. No. Pretty much nobody ages, and I'm fine with that. Now, I, I do not sure want to see Hager that retired. rock out there. Effective age. Yeah, Mike, Mike Hager retired, and in, and in one of the games, Mike Hager's daughter was the stand-in for Mike Hager, and she had the same moveset. Was she also a truck? I don't remember. Is it? Did, aren't they the ones from the other game that we just took? Anyway. Um, oh, SNK? Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, SNK. The point is, I, I knew it was the one that came before King of Fighters that wasn't quite King of Fighters yet. All right. Now, we have... This this is this is an arcade cabinet game, and this is um <clears throat> this is going to be pretty hard for Fox to get. So you know. <laughs> they all are. Uh, this is a Sega release, and it laid the foundations for three D polygon polygonal <laughs> racing games. <laughs> Actually, I'm a little better with Sega ones, mm. though. The only thing I want to say for racing games is Outrun. No, <laughs> Virtual. No, it was Virtual Racing. 
Ah, no, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Now, we have the release of a one of the first franchises to get censored on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Ooh, uh, Mortal Kombat. Yes. Uh, Midway released the Mortal Kombat arcade game. Oh. Uh, it didn't get ported. It was a home release before it was an arcade game? No. Oh, right. No, okay. the arcade That's game was I the thought. very first release. Yeah. Um, like it, it stinks of arcade game. Now, we have a couple of characters who all got their first appearance at this point. Oh, <laughs> boy. And this is this is amazing. I'm going to be over here. Oh, no, no, no. You Come come closer, dear Fox, because some of these relate to you. Ah. All right. We have a character who is a crime-solving detective who looks like a box kite at this point, but winds up, amongst other things, getting turned into a cougar. Oh, when not explicitly talking about Mortal Kombat characters? No, no. Edward Carnby from Alone in the Dark. Yes. We have... A scientist who managed to get dropped into a middle of a jungle, leave himself a message on a cube, and fight his way through shape-shifting aliens to get back to Earth to find that everything he remembered is gone. Conrad John? Black of Flash Black, Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, he's got a name. He's got a name. <laughs> it's Conrad Black, which, wow. It's <laughs> a loaded <laughs> name in this country. That's why the sequel to Flash... It's a loaded name in this country. <laughs> Conrad Black's second game was, after Flashback, was Fade to Black, which was an attempt to be an over-the-shoulder shooter in the era of the box kite 3D. Yikes. Um, We have a character who does not chuckle. Ah, my boy Knuckles. (laughs) Oh, was this the year Sonic and Knuckles came out? Yes. We also have another character from the same franchise. Uh, Knack the... Well, Fang? No. No? No. Metal, uh, More important than that. Metal Sonic? Miles Tails Prower. Same year as Sonic and Knuckles? What? Doesn't seem right. Going to the Wikipedia page, yeah. Sonic 2? Was, was the same year as Sonic Oh, look into this. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out. I mean, oh, wait, no, no, I misread Sonic, that. Sonic and Knuckles is the same year as Sonic 3. No, no, Miles, Miles is 25. Miles, Miles did come out 25 years ago. The Spin Dash is the other thing introduced in that game. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Knuckles wasn't introduced until later. Canonically, Tails made the Spin Dash. Oh. Did you know that? No, you didn't, because you didn't give a shit about stupid-ass Sonic games. <laughs> yeah. But I do, and I know. <laughs> we have a lollipop mascot. Oh, uh, Zool. Zool! <laughs> there is no god. Zool is 25 years old now. Real talk. First tabletop game dev I did was called Sega Mega Race, and it was a bunch of characters who had titles on the Mega Drive at that point. Which included Zool? Uh, there was uh, Zool, Sparkster, uh, James Pond, <laughs> Sonic, obviously. Um, I can't remember the other two. I think there are... Th- Maybe there's just one per side. Anyway, it was actually quite an interesting game mechanically and did not feature Roll and Move, which everyone's first fucking board game features, so I'm quite proud of it. Well done. You're better than most of my students. <laughs> oh, dear God. How many of your students know about the podcast? Hopefully none of them. <laughs> actually, the answer is only the good ones, so we're fine. <laughs> You see, everyone who listens to our podcast, finally, everyone who listens to our podcast are wonderful, beautiful human beings. It's true. It's true. <laughs> we it's love true. you all. It's true. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm an educator. I've looked up, I've done the research. It's actually true. And I'm a scientist. Um, the sample so. of people I've met. Who, yeah, exactly. I can't help but feel you two are misusing your authority. A little bit. Finally, Always. we have the release of Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Wario! It's the first appearance of Wario. Wario turns 25 in October. I feel like I should draw some kind of combined birthday party in Because we've got Wario wait, wait, and October? Tails. And Zool. What's the day? They're just dunking Zool. October 21st. Almost, uh, it's just a little, little around two weeks after my birthday. I share a hey, birthday Jeff, month with Wario. You know I, feel, came, I feel honored. You know what did come out on October 4th? Night Trap. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeb. That's, <laughs> That's okay. We won't hold it against you. Hey. Also, At least Night November, Trap's getting a reboot. And, and it- <laughs> oh, God. And in November, and like I said, we're not we're not going over individual games in this so, particular one. Just, to, just as a mention, just a context. Star Control 2 came out in November of that year. 
Uh, but it's a two, and there were no new characters in it worthy of mention. Well, there was the Urquan, who were pretty important, but, you know. Star Control 2 is very much a singular experience. It's not like a franchise spawner, like the way that Miles and, and um, Edward Carnby wound up being. Why Miles? You I, seem to be stuck on Miles. I don't know why. No one calls him Miles. That's like you're talking to him like you're his parents. <laughs> Miles. Maybe I am. <laughs> Oh, dear. Anyway, Tails, Kirby, and Wario having a birthday party would be pretty much the cutest thing. I mean, Wario's just had a shit storm, obviously. 1992 (laughs) is also the year where a lawsuit finished regarding whether the Game Genie device could modify video games in real time (laughs) constituted a derivative work. This is not the same thing as the Tengen court case, which was about using uh, the Nintendo chips to bypass uh, Nintendo lockout. No, this is it. I mean, this is a a legitimate question. I think we all know what the answer is now, but you can see why people would have wondered about that. This got to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the name of the lawsuit is amazing. Oh, go on. Lewis Galoop Toys, Inc. versus Nintendo (laughs) of America. They made the Game Genie, wow. Galoop made the Game Genie. I had no idea. Galoop. (laughs) They made Code Masters. Galoop, yes, you're right. Oh, sorry, yes. So it is. <laughs> yeah, God, I I can't even remember a specific thing that I know that name from, but I swear I just heard it on a shit ton of toy commercials in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was they, they were like the, the the that name was everywhere. I cannot fucking remember a goddamn thing. Yeah, they made, they made tons they of made. stuff, didn't they? Yeah, but it was always just like in another toy. Also, in away. that year, also yeah, this, yeah. In, in the same year, <laughs> full case name of Atari Games Corp. And Tengen Inc. Plaintiffs Appellants <laughs> versus Nintendo of America Inc. and Nintendo Co. Limited Defendants Appellees. Oh, Atari was in on that. Atari was in on that because Atari was porting NES games to the Atari. Ah, wow. Hmm. Via Tengen. <laughs> oh, that's definitely cheating, you guys. That's definitely not. This is the one that Nintendo won. <laughs> yeah. This was by dint of them actually stop. buying remainded. <laughs> Buying remainded <laughs> stock of NES games from the crash. Oh my god! Using the chips to bypass uh, code, and then using and then like the chips would sit inside the Atari cart, feeding into basically a chunk of a NES to oh. output in. So they're like, we're not technically breaking oh, any rules. Okay, we didn't actually copy the thing. We we ma- we modified the hardware specifically, and yeah. we're selling and we're selling Ooh. this hardware that we bought. So, that is really interesting. <laughs> and and all we're really doing is reverse engineering, and you don't want to be against reverse engineering, do you? So what we're really learning is just the digital shit has always been fascinating areas of copyright law. Yeah, and the Tengen have no shame. <laughs> the well, I, I think before we have openly admired their balls on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't say they didn't have the guts. <laughs> God bless you, Tengen, you weirdos. You filthy, thieving, surprisingly creative fellows. Yes! Just the stuff that they tried. Why is nobody else doing this? Because it's ridiculous. Distinctive color because it was cheaper. (laughs) Also, we will get sued. What happens if we get sued? I don't know. I think we just keep doing it. We just keep doing it, right? It'll be fine. How many times could they sue us? It's got to be a limit, right? And and this is one of the reasons... Wait! No! I've got it! It's genius! We'll sue them! One time Tengen... One time when Tengen was sued, they did a settlement out of court for quite a bit of money, but just as long as the settlement didn't include, you know, and we'll stop doing it. <laughs> and they kept doing it! Well, that's just licensing at that point, isn't it? <laughs> and they're like, hang on, we just settled. Yeah, but you didn't say we had to stop. But, uh, <laughs> We'll sue you again. Well, fine. <laughs> Look how this one ended up. <laughs> Narrator voice. But when it came time to sign the deal. <laughs> I adore these wonderful goons. Oh, my God. That's, that is, that's just licensing at that So, a story about Tengen <laughs> seems a good place to wrap up 1992. That is another another topic on which we could be here all day. In fact, I think we've already done that podcast. Well, we have yeah. accidentally done a kind of a Tengen episode when we just 
we, we just got into the, the utter weirdness of the time when Tengen countersued over Tetris. Uh, but I think that's all for now. <laughs> yep, I'd say we're done. Thank you very much for tuning in again, the listener. As always, this sort of stuff is financed by your help on Patreon. Uh, just for an example, if you may remember, Jeb had a desk problem. Thanks to the Patreon funds, we were able to come up with a solution for that that has now hopefully made Jeb more comfortable. We burned um, the desk. And now Jeb has three flamingos that he has to balance all of his hardware on top of. Mm-hmm. But they're very well trained. I hope. And they almost never shit in the house. Oh, God, flamingo shit must be the worst. Well, all bird shit is pretty foul. Yeah, but they eat nothing but fish. <laughs> ah. Anyway. <laughs> they were supposed to eat prawns. I don't know. Anyway, that's probably an urban myth. It's Well, it's an urban myth that that's what turns them pink. Yeah. Nonetheless, thank you very much, listener. As ever always, that was Jeb. Teaches about flamingos. <laughs> that was Fox. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it really sure was. It really was. By the way, was by down. the way, Bubsy's back. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> <gasps> I know what I should have called myself. Oh, 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 Stacklemore. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just as a, a tune in next time when we'll be working out whether or not the lead singer of Coldplay is in fact Macklemore's dad. <laughs> <laughs>